Good day, folks. This is Shane Hasty for the InfoQ Engineering Culture Podcast. I'm at QCon San Francisco 2019, and I'm sitting down with Wang Bao. Wang, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you, Shane. Excited to be here. Thanks. Wang was the track chair and host for the Ethics, Regulation, Risk, and Compliance track at QCon San Francisco. And that, of course, is what we're going to delve into in this conversation. But first, Huang, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, please. I have been working in this particular field for the last decade. I went to school and really was intended to be a developer. I actually got both my undergraduate and my master in computer science. And the goal then was to become an architect someday. But, you know, obviously that didn't quite pan out. After I graduated, I was curious into what else is out there in the industry. So I jumped into consulting with KPMG, one of the big four, and focused on information governance. From there, I moved on to Yahoo to work on you know data governance and privacy for them, helping them manage. I think at that time, we were up to 1 billion users. So a lot and a lot of data, a lot of fun. I think over 100 different products as well. I spent about seven years at Yahoo. Afterward, I spent time at Walmart e-commerce, fascinating place, learned a lot about e-commerce, how the digital world tied to the physical world, how data flowed between the two, how ethics, privacy issues connected there. And then in my last position, I served as the director for privacy assurance and engineering at Netflix. Mm. Also a fascinating world because, you know, there you have view and history, which is the regular data in the U.S., but Netflix, outside of the streaming service that consumers are so familiar with, also have the business of studios. So at the same time, Netflix is producing a lot of content across the world. There are production offices, of course, in L.A., but also a large amount of offices in Europe, Asia. So thinking about how to scale privacy, how to manage data flow from a technical perspective at a global level was also a fascinating challenge. So I was able to set up the framework that built a strong team. And now I'm focusing more on my consultancy called virtual privacy. It is something that I do for um, pro bono for a nonprofit and for startup just to help these folks get more familiar with the privacy world because I know being in this world or working with them before, typically there's no fun for that. But privacy and ethics is so important for people to focus on at the beginning when they are thinking about new ideas and starting out new ideas. Let's talk a little bit about the track. What was your thinking? What was your intent? Ethics, regulation, risk and compliance. Reading that, it could be pretty (laughs) boring, but it's really important stuff. Yeah, there are many different ways that you could have taken that particular track. And that is, I think, a lot of people's perception when they heard those four words as well. And, you know, surprisingly, in recent years, I think just what happened in the news have helped me a lot. I think Cambridge Analytica, Facebook, certain things have brought one of the ethical issues, which is privacy, to the forefront. Consumer, people who are not as familiar are now you know, asking me questions that I was like, oh my God, that's very informed, very thoughtful. Whereas before I get questions like, what is privacy engineering? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the composition actually shifted and I think helped me kind of formulate the track. So with this particular track, I choose to have a focus, quote unquote, on privacy because that's a way to connect to the audience and it's most relevant to them. I know a lot of companies are having that discussion internally. A lot of software engineers, even though they are not working on privacy as a full-time job, are being brought into conversation about how do you manage data? How do you help us build this particular feature to comply with the GDPR, CCPA? So I ground the track with privacy. But in addition, 
there have been ethical issues that have been witnessed over the last decade that it's also very critical, you know, like child safety online. Online, there is a diverse space. There are many wonderful things on there, but there are also many scary things on there, in particular for more vulnerable audiences like young children. So children safety, cyberbullying, those are ethical issues that software engineers can get more involved. Recently in the U.S., and I think globally as well, misinformation and how it impacts society is also becoming very important and should be talked more about is, you know, it's way election, allegedly. So yeah, like I also choose to at least communicate the array of ethical things that people should at least start thinking about and start considering when they do their job. If you were to pull out a highlight from the track, what were some of the key things that happened? That is hard. You're asking me to make like the Sophie choice right here, like picking my favorite children. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think at least the one running theme for me throughout the Mm -hmm. other track was that I was so privileged to have really great and thoughtful speakers. And I think the speaker really took the time to understand the audience that they are sharing the information with. Knowing that this is a technical audience, I think all the speakers really take the time to take a very potentially philosophical discussion and add a lot of technical concept around it. For example, I love how Jin Yang, who talked about the software gap in privacy and compliance, she actually break it down in very precise manner about the solution that works while wrapping it all up with the context. I also love how Marcus Dishon, for example, talk about quantifying these ethical issues from a risk lens, how you can put all of this in monetary value. That is very important to make all of this applicable, right? Because you can talk about ethical issues with your executive until the cows come home. <laughs> and I think, you know, you might not get as much attention if you were to say that this particular issue is going to cost us X amount of money. And here are the solution that will not cost us that X amount of money. So I think that thoughtfulness among our speakers, as I shared in the example, was a highlight for me and how applicable I think these talks were to the software engineering community. Exploring some of those current ethical issues, what's out there? There are some of the headline grabbers, but what else is going on? Yeah, I can start with my favorite mental soup, acronym soup. (laughs) I think that a lot of folks out there have heard GDPR, CCPA, uh, let me add a new one, LGPD. So these are privacy and data protection regulations. And I think this is probably top of mind in terms of ethical issues for a lot of companies. And the reason behind it is that privacy has been in discussion for a long, long time. When I first started working in GDPR, was not even in place yet. They were not regulation, they were directive in Europe, directives. But I think what regulators and consumers have noticed is that a more loosey-goosey structure like directives versus regulation wasn't working. So there has been more of a focus from regulators in holding companies accountable. And, you know, consumers are also expecting more and more because as they become more aware, more woke <laughs> in this conversation, I think the expectation is changing. And the regulators is driving this through fines. So, for example, with GDPR, the fines is actually pretty substantial. It can go up to 4% of global revenue. And even recently, when the FTC fined Facebook, it was a $5 billion fine for privacy violation. So all of that make privacy top of mind for companies who are doing business globally who are handling personal data because you know one they don't want to have a large fine and you know the large fine is just the tip of the iceberg 
right? Along with that, of course, that's going to be in the news. <laughs> that's going to generate questions from the consumer. That's going to erode ultimately trust and potentially reduce the adoption of your products. So it's really important. And the other thing that's kind of driving privacy conversation right now is that GDPR and CCP and other regulation have asked companies to provide consumer with certain rights when they are interacting with the companies. For example, data access uh, right. That means if I am a consumer and I share personal data with Shane Inc., <laughs> I can go to you and say that I would like for you to provide me with all the personal information that you have about me. And there are some expectations in terms of how long it should take for you to send that to me. And so that's becoming a product feature at a lot of companies. That's where software engineers are getting looped into the conversation. Can you build me that particular feature? Can you track down all the data? Can you package it so that we can produce it? Another example of rights that these privacy regulations are providing to consumers is the right to be forgotten. I think that's also a fairly well-known phrase by now, but that means I can, you know, again, write to Shaming and say that, you know what, I want to sever this relationship. I would like you to forget everything about me. And that has to be done appropriately. And depending on how data is structured at different companies architecturally, such deletion can be really hard or costly. Yeah, the data architect in me is going, data integrity, structural help. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I remember, this is a few years ago, maybe 2011. So Facebook actually underwent an audit with the Irish Data Privacy Office. I think the commissioner then was, his name was Billy Hawk. As a result, they actually published all the findings. And they went into technical details as well. But one of the things that really stood out to me when I was reading that, you know, hundreds page of reports was that Facebook can delete data properly. The way that data was structured at that particular time make it very hard for them to do actual deletion. There was soft delete, hard delete. And I think the deletion approach or strategy back then was deemed inappropriate. So they had to go back, rehash it, do a lot of costly things. So I think right now, companies are also keeping that in mind is that as we build our structure, how do we comply with these regulations? Well, our strategy doesn't deem ineffective and, you know, which might result in a fine, etc. So that's privacy, which has had a lot of publicity and GDPR and the other legislation definitely has brought this to the fore. But there's a whole lot else that falls under this ethics banner. What are some of the emerging issues or beyond privacy? What are some of the issues that we have to deal with as an industry? Yeah. And you know what? I think there are new ones popping up every single day. <laughs> I have to tell you a story. So my master dissertation was on my social network. And I was trying to understand the top usability and the top sociability issue with this social network. And when I was doing my particular research, I had 10 different social networks that we're looking at. One of them was a little company called Facebook. And at that time, they had 5 million users. <laughs> so it was like 15 years ago. But when I first did this research, most of this problem that consumer or people were having were more on the usability side, which mean UX, how they interact with the site, were the buttons right, were they able to submit things. So more interaction. The sociability aspect that I wanted to explore, which is, you know, are there privacy concerns? Are there misinformation concerns? None of that was there yet. But over the year, we see these ethical issues that are popping up. 
So, you know, like, as you mentioned, privacy is the one that's getting the most attention right now. But in my work, and as I observed, really great works of people, like, for example, Megan Christina, who was on the panel yesterday for the ethics panel. She did amazing work in child safety, trust and safety in general at Yahoo. And that's an area that is, I think, needs a lot of attention because, as you know, more and more children, I think, like, today, kids are growing up with the online environment. And it's a pretty nefarious environment. There are wonderful things about it, but there are predators on there. How do we protect them from that? Where the predator is behind a computer sitting all over the world. How do we set up control, safety features to protect children on there? And also, you know, sometimes it's not that nefarious adult predator. There's also issue with cyberbullying. I think that has caused a lot of society to shift as well. Like, how do you manage conversation between children to make it a better environment for them to grow up in? I think that's another issue that we really need to dig deeper into to ensure that the next generation has a healthy environment, digital environment to grow up in. So that's one of the top things for me. The other things that I'm still trying to figure out what would be a good way to go about solving this is misinformation. A lot of companies are working with this, you know, like trying to figure out a way, Facebook, Twitter, a lot of online information exchange. I think we've seen the impact of, you know, like election being influenced by misinformation. And it's a really tough call, but I think that's also another area that we need to invest more in as well. And the one that's also super interesting for me, as you can see, like I say, it's hard to pick just one. (laughs) It's the area of machine learning. What is super interesting is that machine or AI ultimately is created by us, right, as self-engineered developers. So we are teaching these machines how to think. But we all have biases, like it or not. I think I have bias, like things I might not even be aware of. We are taking those biases, we're putting it into the product we are building. And we don't know what the consequence of that might be. Sometimes we don't think through all of it because sometimes, as I mentioned, we're not aware of our no biases. So I think that have an impact. I think that you probably have seen news article about, I think recently, the Apple credit card was called out for giving women less credit than a man, even though when they have the exact same financial account otherwise. <laughs> There's been cases where people of different races were treated different based on a algorithmic biases. So I think that's an area that also need a lot more attention to as well. These are areas that need attention. What does that attention look like? What do we do? So to create that healthy digital environment for children to grow up in, what do I do as an engineer? What do I do as an engineering manager? Yeah, so I think a really good talk to watch to get more ideas around this would be Theo Schlossnagel talk about ethics yesterday, the ethics landscape. I think Theo has some pretty interesting idea in terms of as professional, how can we really ingrain ethics into this discipline? Right? I think like he mentioned that ACM has a professional code of ethics. I think that's something that should be more focused on, people should pay more attention to, maybe adopt more explicitly as a profession for engineer. Yesterday, we also have Bruce Edward Debro. He is a professor at Cal Poly, and he spoke on the panel yesterday. And I like his focus on teaching all these up-and-coming future software engineers. How do you think about this? 
how do you structure a curriculum with ethic built into it? So you really tackle these issues foundationally, help software engineers start thinking about this so that way they don't go through most of their career and then having these as one-off conversation, it will make them more invested as well. And I think the other good idea that I heard from Ayana Miller, she also spoke as well, and she has a really amazing background because she has worked at the FTC, she has worked at Facebook, at Snap, and now she's at Pinterest. But she shared with the audience some of her approaches in getting attention in the company. Like, for example, you know, knowing when to spoke to executives about certain things, how to structure buying conversation for software engineers so that they can get their ethical issues addressed. As a software engineer, let's tackle a hypothetical situation. I'm being asked to do something that I think is wrong. Mm-hmm. How do I respond? <laughs> That is a great question, and I hate keeping to refer to the talk yesterday, but I think that's why I picked this talk. Theo talk has a particular slide on how you do dissent when there's an idea that you do not agree with. And I think it was an adoption of the IEEE, how you dissent when there's an ethical issue that you don't agree with. And if I remember correctly, there were several different steps, but the main step being you need to make sure that you logically document your thoughts, your process, you articulate it well to whoever you're having that conversation with. You have impassionate discussion, really focusing on the pros and the cons and take the emotion out of it. And I think like make sure everything is clear and transparent in that conversation because I think these ethical issues can get mucky because mm-hmm. they can be quite philosophical. But I would recommend whoever's listening to refer to that particular slide because I found it very helpful and I think the audience did as well yesterday. Really interesting stuff. Any final advice? Yeah, you know, I think my advice is just be more involved. Because I think, you know, as creator and as builder, we are the one who are creating these products that have these unexpected consequences to the world. And some of them are tremendously beneficial, amazing, awesome. But there are also, you know, these negative consequences. At the same time as creator, we are the closest to the issue. And we have the most direct opportunity to impact ethics in the technical ecosystem. So I would definitely involve software engineers to get more involved. Think about how you can chat with cross-functional team at your work because these are where some of these issues are popping up. You know, for example, talk with your legal team on what they think are privacy or data protection issue is. Talk with your product manager so you can understand what our consumer expectation of how they should be treated when they're using their product. And if you can, think about technical solutions and how you can help out those problems. Because I have watched the evolution. This conversation start off in areas that are not within engineering. They have started in as a legal conversation or as a philosophical conversation. But I think what people have realized in the last decade is that those conversations by themselves are not enough. We really need the builder, the creator, the software engineer in the room actively participating. And I also think it's a great way to build your career as a plug. (laughs) So my advice for software engineers who are listening is please do get more involved. We need you in the conversation. And I think you will not have free time once you open yourself up. (laughs) Quang, if people want to continue the conversation with you, where do we find you? For a privacy professional, I'm all over the place. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at HBAO. So find me there. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I think those are the two most relevant channels to reach me for this conversation. 
Quang, thank you very much indeed. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So thank you so much, Shane, for having me here.